And indeed, time for the Global Threat uh, Report, ladies and gentlemen, for peace of mind in uncertain times. Check it all out. The Captain's Company provides just so many services. I implore you to check it out. GlobalThreatSolutions.com. Again, peace of mind. Boy, do we need peace of mind in uncertain times, right? And uh, we welcome welcome in the aforementioned Captain, uh, Ken uh, Bombay's. Uh, Cap, great to have you here on a Monday, but... Uh, the uh, the rage continues as far as entrance way into Gaza. A lot of pushback, a lot of talk still regarding a pause and whatnot. No ceasefire here. But Netanyahu, Captain, reiterated uh, not even a discussion uh, with 242 hostages uh, still at bay here. Uh, but the beat goes on. 48 attacks on U.S. air bases in the Middle East since the 17th, I do believe, of uh of October, things happening over the weekend as far as Iraqis and whatnot with the U.S. Uh, on a counteroffensive. Lots happening over the last couple of days. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Yep, lots going on. The, the Israelis continue to make progress. They're, they've had, within a 10-minute period, they killed uh, seven terrorists. They're Focusing on these places, these uh, command centers, many of which are co-located with civilian sites like hospitals, and that's become a big point of contention between uh, people opposing Israel's actions and Israel moving forward with their offensive. There was also this um, Islamic Arab summit in Riyadh over the weekend, Sunday, yesterday. And they basically, these world leaders, uh, Arab leaders, got together and they're all demanding an immediate ceasefire and they're going to be bringing that that you know the results of this meeting that they had to president biden and and give them their opinion and demand that there's this uh uh immediate ceasefire specifically they have the leader of the world's largest muslim majority nation indonesia um he's visiting uh today with President Biden, and that's the message that he's bringing from the Middle East. So it seems that almost all of the news right now is focused on humanitarian uh, crisis that's occurring in Gaza, and that there needs to be an immediate ceasefire. That's all of the news you you're, you're read about right now. But there was an interesting uh, opinion piece that I just saw this morning with Fox News, yeah. and they talk about, you know, Jay, if this if you could really you could liken this to what happened uh, at nine eleven here, and can you imagine if when we responded, we responded very quickly after nine eleven, if all we heard were protests and demands globally for us to stop, to, for there to be a ceasefire after that horrific attack that occurred in the United States? First of all, we would never have listened. And can you imagine how offensive that would have been to us after those, that brutal attack? And I know we've talked about this, but proportionally speaking, you know, their, their attack is far greater than what 9-11 was to the, to the United States. So for people, that's all the focus is on. It seems like it's politically motivated. And Benjamin Netanyahu said, listen, I, I not only need to rid Hamas to protect Israel, but I need to rid Hamas to protect the future of Palestine. This cannot continue under their leadership there, and I agree with them. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, you know, you think of this, where Israel, the military, and, you know, there's been a lot of criticism regarding the hospitals. You know, it, it doesn't get a lot of press as far as uh, Israel 
uh, leaving fuel uh, over there, uh, Cap. Didn't get a lot of press. They did that. They alerted the powers that be that that was uh, in play there. You know, that's that's been you – know, yeah, and listen, uh, accentuating this type of stuff uh, in trying to put a bad light as far as how Israel is going about its business, but the military asserted it's placed 300 liters of fuel uh, near sheep overnight uh, for the you know for the emergency generator for the incubators, premature babies, delivery, hospital officials, all thing didn't get a lot of play, but they did that, Cap. Yeah, no, it didn't. And there's also they continue today again from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. They have this corridor open so for people to flee. And now they're criticizing them, saying, "Well, there's not enough communication there, so people aren't getting the message." They've done a pretty good job at trying to notify people with dropping leaflets and other forms of communication. They're doing the best they can in the middle of a military offensive. But they've they've definitely met um, the request by President Biden and other leaders. They've met them halfway, and they've allowed these safe passage uh, for the Palestinians who want to flee. They're doing the best that they can right now. No doubt about it. And, you know, the hostages come up. There's about 239 or so in Gaza. Ten of them believed to be Americans, Cap. Um, you know, at this point, I got to wonder. I got to wonder health-wise, safety-wise, where these hostages are. Very concerning. We saw kind of a trickle. Only four have been released since the 38 days have surpassed here as far as the beginning of the war. But um, you're taking the hostages. Maybe they're not in the region. Maybe they've, maybe they've been moved. Uh, it's somewhat concerning that we have had no releasing of any more individuals. That's right. And, you know, I know I've said this before, but, you know, before we come on, Jay, um, I'm, I always do my research and try and catch up with the latest information yeah. on what's going on. And I now one article, it, all I see is calls for ceasefires and criti- criticizing Israel. Not one article about them to release the hostages no one in the world is calling for hamas to release hostages where are those articles i don't see them anywhere because no one's doing it that's crazy to me and then also all of these these constant coverage of there being of israel targeting hospitals and refugee sites where where is the demand for hamas to stop co-locating their terrorist command centers with hospitals and refugee camps. Why aren't they getting to the root of this problem? You know, this that is a war crime. You're not supposed to do that. And they're doing it. But you never read anything about, like in this summit we just heard about, these um, Arab, the Arab Leader Summit. Did they say, hey, Hamas has to stop co-locating their military at hospitals so that people don't die needlessly? They didn't, that never came out of that meeting. No one said that. Or did they say, hey, before we could even ask Israel, have a ceasefire we need to see every hostage released from Hamas. no no one even asked them to do that that's how you know that this is is not an accurate picture of what we're hearing every day in the media nope and meanwhile israel eliminated seven terrorists within a few minutes uh, over the the last uh, couple of days um so that is good news that is very good news as uh, these forces, I'll tell you, the IDF is just relentless in their approach right now. Um, you could just tell they are going in. It's tough. It's got to be tough terrain. We can only view from uh, from aerial photos and everything else, Cap, the tunnels and whatnot here. 
Uh, but uh, they are taking out individuals that need to be taken out here. Yeah, they're moving, you know, this, uh, as we've discussed, the, the toughest type of military operation, definitely one of them, is MOUNT, or military operations in an urban trend, and they're moving, you know, in this one, this scenario specifically, with knowing that the hostages are, are someplace, and Israel might have a pretty good idea of where some of them are. They're not obviously going to release that information. But you have to consider the hostages. You have to consider the constant threat of, of killing civilians needlessly. And with an enemy that not only doesn't wear uniforms, but an enemy that collocates all of their command structure with civilian infrastructure. There's right now a debate going on where they say that these the hospital no longer has operating rooms that are functional. And the second largest hospital is also about to be able not to serve people anymore. Well, the problem is we we can't, they're co-locating their structure there, their command structure there, and that's what needs to be targeted. And ultimately, um, Israel, if they know that Hamas has leadership there or, or forces there, they have to make that move. They'll do the best they can to minimize civilian death. But, you know, what are you going to do, Jay, when they specifically locate these command centers, like in basements below a hospital, what do you do to try and do that? You know how hard it is to send troops in there to try and rid them with, with ground troops? It's almost impossible. So a lot of times they have to strike these locations. It is, that's the, the reality of it. And I think the world needs to start calling for Hamas to stop doing that. Call them out for what they're doing. You never hear any criticism of that. Um, and the other thing is the hostages. I, I, you literally hear no calls for the release of the hostages, or at least condemning Hamas yeah. for doing this. No one condemns them for it. 100%. Uh, you don't hear enough about it. Again, you had four that have been released. Uh, the last set was just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, nothing since. That's why I, I have a lot of concern, uh, especially with the IDF now in the streets of Gaza. Um, a lot of concern as far as that. Just gut feeling here. You think they've been moved? Hostages? I think they're not all in one place, and some of them might have been moved, but I, I think they're all going to – I think they're going to find the vast majority of these hostages within Gaza ultimately, and hopefully – they, they find them alive, or hopefully before the end of this offensive, there's negotiations to have them released. Um, and that maybe that would be. Remember, Netanyahu has said, I will not consider a ceasefire unless they release all the hostages. So maybe that could be something that's worked into negotiations where we actually see, not now, I know it's not going to happen now, but maybe in a month or so, um, or months, they could negotiate a ceasefire based on release of hostages. But I wouldn't expect them to be released anytime soon. That's their their biggest bargaining chip right now. Captain Willows, Global Threat uh, Solutions, uh, ladies and gentlemen, globalthreatsolutions.com. Cap, so uh, the president said to meet with uh, the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, in the San Francisco Bay Area. It'll be Wednesday. Uh, sets up a very interesting test of whether these two can slow somewhat of a spiral downward. Uh, in U.S.-China relations, certainly a moment of heavy global turbulence uh, beyond the realm right now. Uh, to be a fly in the wall for this one would be great. But in essence, what do you expect out of this? So um, one thing that made it a little easier for the Biden administration is this. You know, it would have been really tough for President Biden right now to do a, a big, full-scale, formal um 
uh, entertaining of the Chinese president when he come, if you were to say come to the White House right now, that wouldn't look good for his administration, and that's exactly what the Chinese would expect. So that it's been alleviated because this is they're going to be at a uh, summit in San Francisco, the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit or APEC summit. So they're going to try and coordinate this meeting while they're both attending this. Um, as far as the details, how they're going to do that, that hasn't even been worked out yet. But what I would tell you is there's so many issues right now, Jay, for them to be discussing. I don't think they're going to discuss all of them. I, I hope they do. But we've had so many things go on. We've had pretty much a trade war with China, a pandemic that there's some serious tough questions that still need to be answered about that pandemic. They cannot be let off the hook with this. Uh, human rights is always an issue with China. Um, technology, uh, everything from TikTok to, to their use of technology or even stealing of technology. Military to military ties were completely cut after Nancy Pelosi, who was House Speaker, went to Taiwan last year. Um, then we have, of course, the spy balloon incident. And now uh, definitely something that I, I believe will be discussed will be the conflicts in Ukraine and in Israel. Uh, need to be discussed. So there's lots on the table right now. You'd like to think there's a bit of a thawing relations. I, I think we need to hold a hard line with China, but at the same time, right now, the lack of communication is not healthy for the for you know the United States or China. So I'd like to see there be better communication, but not move for one second from our our positions on all of these issues. Cap, I'm just not, I just don't have a lot of confidence, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you go back uh, months uh, to the shooting down of a suspected Chinese spy balloon that flew over the United States for a long time, remember shot down outside of South Carolina, you you look at uh, various instances, the base down in Cuba and everything else, uh, I don't have a lot of confidence, I really don't, we'll see. Um, but there are a lot of issues on the table, you know, Israel and Moss, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the ties with North Korea and Putin, uh, Taiwan, you know, the Indo-Pacific, human rights. I mean, and what about the fentanyl production? I mean, my goodness, I mean, does Biden bring that up? The fentanyl production that is uh, manufactured there, shipped to Mexico? I mean, come on. The AI stuff, yep. fair trade, economic relations, you know, he could, he could be there for a week and a half. The question is, do they get any firm footing as far as moving the needle here? Yeah, my answer is, is no. Um, I'm guardedly optimistic that some of those issues will be discussed. I doubt it, especially the fentanyl on the border, which is a massive issue for us. And that is not just a criminal element within China that's responsible for that. China knows exactly what's going on. It's created uh, devastating effects here in the United States. All these things should be brought up, and I think they definitely, at a minimum, need to plan a formal meeting to follow this one. I think because of where this is being held, that this is going to be more of a brief meeting. They're not going to touch on all these issues. Plus, we have to consider the presidential election. There's kind of a sense, Jay, that you know President Biden's been trying to set a meeting with them, and he's been rebuffed several times. I, it's kind of like he's going hat in hand to meet with, with Xi, and it seems like... I hope that this doesn't. This isn't just a meeting of niceties, and we don't really, you know, get to the substance that needs to be discussed right now between the U.S. and China. Uh, my feeling is, she knows that this guy is up for re-election. He wants to show every facet uh, of the uh, of the planet 
of this country especially, uh, that Biden has had a meeting with the Chinese president on his home turf, by the way. I think it makes it look good from a political standpoint, even though nothing I think will ever get, get out of it uh, as far as substance is concerned. But in essence, I think it's being done to appease as far as the voters in the upcoming. We shall see. Speaking of that, Tim Scott bowing out last night uh, of the race to me. A lot of people say, oh, wow, that's surprising. How, how are you possibly surprised with a lead that Trump has over everyone he can never listen i love tim scott myself and i even said in the beginning he'd make a a heck of a leader if not a president a vice president you know i mean if if it was desantis i thought him and desantis would make quite a tandem but with that being said uh can never have any structure of any kind and how do you do it you know when a guy is scoring uh you know two three percent in the polls as opposed to 56 to 62 uh, in the form of president there, I was not surprised, and I'm thinking maybe more should, because the criteria for the next go-around of debates in Alabama is going to be even tougher there. So I think everybody should kind of take the, the hint and say, you know what, time to go. Let's focus in on two and th- two or three, Haley, DeSantis, Trump, and let's get on with this process. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, I like Tim Scott, like you said. I've liked him a long time. I like his policies, and, and I think he presents himself well. But if you, let's get down to the real contenders here as quickly as possible. I think for the Republicans, that's what makes sense. And I, I agree with those three, too. Um, I, like, I like things about all of them. Obviously, President Trump, I think he really put forward some great policies when he was president. Yeah. It's a, he has a delivery issue, the way he brings, uh, he, he brings this information to the American public that is he obviously has some legal issues that he's contending with over 90 indictments. So I think that's the big wild card. Who that Like we've said before, Jay, they're running for second place. But that second place is an important second place because yeah. no one knows. Anyone who's predicting what's going to happen, there, there's cases right now to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. It, who knows what future legal issues he might have. So that second place is critical. And I think people like Ramaswamy, he's... So I think most realistically, he's running for a position maybe in Trump's administration if President Trump were to be elected again. Yeah, that I agree. sounds realistic. And I, I like DeSantis and I like Nikki Haley. So it'll be interesting. I think we need to get down to those two as quick, quickly as possible and, and take it from there. And hopefully there'll be at some point some debate between Donald Trump and those two directly. We'll yeah. We will see. Uh, December sixth, I believe, is the next get together uh, down in uh, Tuscaloosa. So we shall see again. Criteria a lot harder. Tim Scott, uh, ladies and gents, bowing out of the race last night. The captain, Kim Bombay's Global Threat Solutions report: for Peace of mind in uncertain times. Check out the captain's great company. So many services provided. So many. Just check it all out on the site, globalthreatsolutions.com. Cap, appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully we will uh, chat with you tomorrow, my friend. Great. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it.